It's the Spud Goodman Show 4th Anniversary Special! Join Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Yeah, whatever. As they welcome a galaxy of stars for this gala celebration. So, without further ado, here is your host, Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola. That's right. My name is Spud Goodman. (laughs) Spud man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. (laughs) And it is my honor to bring you this, our fourth anniversary special. Now, longtime fans are are where we've been in this show business racket for many years. You know, what with our old TV show, too. But to me, doing four years in radio is at least, like, 17, you know, in dog years. What do you think? I don't know. Um, It's a grind for sure, but it does give me the opportunity to open my big mouth and say stuff to people way smarter and more important than me. And that's kind of fun, I got to say. So uh, on this special, we'll be going back in time, mostly from the last 12 months or so, and serve up some clips from guests that you probably are very familiar with. How they and others, you know, ever say yes to appearing on our show continues to amaze me each week. All right, before we uh, get going here, I need to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a state-of-the-art chortle? Uh, uh, right now? Yes. Oh, okay. How's this? <laughs> uh, somewhat pedestrian, but it, oh. it'll do the job. And, and now I'm contractually obligated to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, so you can now emit a very brief sound. It, it could even be a grunt or something. No need for actual words. Oh, well, I, I try. I keep telling you I that. I try not to <laughs> grunt in public, Spud. <laughs> uh, okay, how about I say that I am very much looking forward to this anniversary special. You know, it's a milestone for me. You did tell me on my first day on this show over two years ago that I wouldn't last more than a couple of weeks. And look at me now. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Hey, hey there's no need to look at you, and, and don't get too cocky here, as, oh, as no, careers I'm... can end in the blink of an eye. Look at that Scaramucci dude. I'm more of a front-stabbing person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he's starting to do media again, but and, and I know Trump didn't really get rid of him. As I heard, as he's a bachelor now, he, he's crashing in a sleeping bag down in, in the basement of, of that dump, uh, uh, you know, the White House, what he and his buddy calls it. Jeez, uh-huh. um, oh, anyway, I, I heard they're, you know, still as tight as ever, and I, this, I don't know if this was true, but I read this. They sometimes share the same piece of juicy fruit chewing gum. Does anyone really believe that story? I'm also very much of a germaphobe, by the way. Well, let me tell you, Anthony Scaramucci was treated very unfairly, but I like to think that I am now irreplaceable here on this show. And, and, and Spud, I will never tell staff members here to perform sexual acts on themselves. Oh, yeah, the mooch is a d- Not as big a d- as Trump, but still a d- you know, I, I agree, Ann Dorothy. Good. You know, Gerald, maybe you don't tell people in the studio to go f- themselves, but no. you're just as grating, you know, as him without the, you know, the upside that he brings. I mean, have you ever told people that I am amazing, that I can throw a football in a perfect spiral, <laughs> that, that I am, am a world-class golfer, and that I can sink a, a bunch of free throws in a row with a suit and overcoat on, or, oh or that my. I am always the smartest person in the room, or th- that you love me more than life itself? I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, Spud, dear, I don't want to be the hater here, but you are a terrible athlete. What? Yeah, I may, I'm no. just saying. Spud, I myself have said that you are somewhat talented, but, you know, you don't play golf, and I know you don't own a suit or overcoat. Regarding throwing a football, I've seen you throw a Frisbee, and, well, you 
you don't seem to possess advanced motor skills. What's your name, scumbag? My motor skills are fantastic. Really? Uh, so, so let's revisit this topic tomorrow at the park by my apartment around noon. You know, I'm going to bring a basketball, a football, a frisbee, and maybe even my croquet set. I will put on a show of total athletic domination. Oh, boy. But right now we need to, you know, get this special started. And let's lead off with a bit of my interview with Anderson Cooper. And then I think we have uh, Dr. Ruth and Al Roker. Dave, cue it up. CNN news anchor and author Anderson Cooper. Well, for the record, I need to state that I am a hardcore addict of you on CNN. I watch every night and I DVR Rachel Maddow. I just can't get enough of you with the trunk, the, the Trump whack pack, you know? You know, like true believer Kaylee McEnany, Jeffrey Reagan Lord, and of course, former Congressman Jack Kingston, too. It's truly must see TV. So, how exhausted are you after your shift? How many total martinis does it take to regain your sanity? <laughs> You know, I'm not a big drinker. I, I do have a couple glasses of wine usually, and I like to watch, like, binge watch Narcos to calm me down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you so... Know, but, but, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they, um, you know, I mean, I, I sometimes I don't know, I can't tell, you know, with, with a lot of panelists, and, and it's like this for with some Democratic surrogates as well, if they really believe everything they're saying, or are they just kind of spouting the party line? Um, but, but I do notice, particularly with a lot of the Trump surrogates, you know, I think there's a, uh, my sense is there's a fear that if they say something that Donald Trump doesn't like, because they think he's watching, and very well probably he is, um, that he's going to get annoyed at them. So they t I've noticed the Trump surrogates seem to, you know, defend, defend, defend without ever saying anything critical, which I find frustrating, but cause I think if you're a surrogate, you should, you know, I think it only adds to your legitimacy if, if you're not defending everything, because not, you know, obviously, uh, you know, not everything somebody does is right, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Right, 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 for sure. You know, we're discussing cognitive uh, dissonance on this show, but I don't know what the accurate assessment of the hardcore followers is. It's just kind of, it kind of boggles your mind, but... Spud, if I may, don't put Anderson on the spot here with your snide remarks about our current commander-in-chief. That puts him in an uncomfortable oh. position. He, he must remain neutral. Hey, uh, Anderson, just a second, as I'm being interrupted here, what are you whining about? Well, how many times have I had to remind you that Donald Trump is hashtag still our president, you know? So please don't question everything he does. His supporters listening are probably about ready to unleash a massive Twitter attack against you. God, that would be so cool. Uh, maybe then people would know who I am. Well, and you can't ask Anderson how many cocktails he consumes in his private life after work. Well, well that's not know. an appropriate question, and it's an invasion of his privacy. Well, excuse me, but I am a talk show host, so I have to ask at least a couple personal questions. People like to know that kind of stuff. Uh, I would have no problem if he asked me how many bottles of Pepto-Bismol I, I consume each week. I mean, I wouldn't tell him the real total, but I would respond with something. I mean, when I say the actual number, it always freaks people out. Yeah, well, I'm amazed Anderson's still on the line with you, Spud. Try and be a little bit more professional. Well, excuse me. Why don't you, like, try and control your annoying sanctimonious attitude and let me finish this thing up, okay? All right. Therapist and author, Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Um, well, speaking of myths also, we, we were discussing uh, on the show tonight uh, Bigfoot. And on a related note, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that old big feet, uh, you know, big penis thing. Is there scientific proof of this? Because I wear like a size 6. Absolutely and not. It's not. Absolutely oh, good. Thank not. you. Thank you. But, but you know, in the play about me, 
uh, yeah, becoming right. Dr. Ruth, right. that Deborah Jo Rapp started right. in the Berkshires and then in, in near Broadway, off Broadway. So what is true is that I want a, a man who is worried about the size. Because the size has nothing to do with the sexual satisfaction of the woman. I want him to stand in front of a mirror, bring himself to a good erection and admire that erection. He will never worry about the size again. And we have to bury all of those stupid myths about the size of the hands and the size of the feet. Not so. Well, I'm writing this okay. down. I'm yeah. as fast as I can. I'm writing this down. So you know, because I <laughs> see women look. You know, when I go out to bars, they look down at my feet and they kind of like run away. So I mean, I'm not micro mini, but it just is that. Thank you so much for that. Nonsense. Thank That's you. Nonsense. And people should enjoy each other. They should have a good relationship. And with a good relationship and with an interesting life, comes very, very good. Um, sexual encounters. All right, super. <laughs> well, Dr. Ruth Today's show weatherman and game show host, Al Roker. Right, super. Um, well, Al, I was going to ask you, if your country called one day and asked you to serve, you know, as our forecaster-in-chief, you know, be the head meteorologist, uh, could you step away from the glamour of your current position and work for the government? Because I think our country really needs you. Let me just say that. Well, I, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, I look, I, you know what, I, I would love to uh, have a conversation with President Trump. And talk, you know, if nothing else, and be in an advisory capacity, because I think there's uh, I, there may be some misconceptions uh, or some uh, uh, some ideas that he might not have heard already. Uh, so you know what? I think in that position, I would I would I would be happy to serve. Please, God, make that happen. Spud, what? Hey, Al, just give me a sec here. Already. Please, don't insinuate that President Trump needs tutoring from others to understand the weather. He's a very smart man who knows how to dress in all types of weather. And if he has any questions, he can consult NASA. Uh, your commander-in-chief believes climate change is a great big hoax put forth by the Chinese government. He'll continue to believe that until Trump Tower in Manhattan is flooded up to his penthouse apartment. Oh, I disagree with that. If flooding does occur in New York City, Miami, and other metropolitan areas across the country, as many worrywart scientists have predicted, I'm confident that, hashtag still our president, Trump will make the needed changes to our policies and rescue us from this catastrophe. But it'll be too late. He couldn't drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. as he just restocked it. So he sure as hell can't stop this disaster when it gets to the tipping point, which is already here, by the way. I think you've seen too many disaster movies with happy endings like Armageddon, Independence Day, or Deep Impact. Oh wait, that, that last one didn't exactly end well, did it, for most of the world, so forget that one. Well, I just have complete faith in our current Commander-in-Chief, and I know he really? will do the right thing to save our country from potential disaster. What about the rest of the world? Will he throw them at least a life jacket or something? Well, like he has said on many occasions during the campaign, Spud, it's high time the rest of the world learns to live on their own, as it's a new day. Well, it's going to be a really wet day for more than a few countries if we don't wise up and get this thing fixed. I don't know about you, but I don't know how to swim. Uh, okay, I can do the dog paddle, but not for the rest of my life. Just let me get back to Al, as it's rude to keep him waiting, but this has really upset me. I gotta, gotta mellow out here. Um, Spud, 
Accordion yeah. Joe has called, and he wants to talk to you. Right now? Yeah, well, the intern said he sounds a bit upset, so uh, should I tell him to dump the call? Nah, I mean, he is the show's orchestra, and right. we don't pay him. Uh, let's give him like 30 seconds of airtime here. Just, just put him through here. Hey, Joe, are you there? Hell yeah, I'm here for another anniversary show and me. This show's... Uh, uh, I am the orchestra of the damn show, and I'm not invited. I'm not invited to be a part of it. Are you seriously kidding me? Joe, 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 this, this, this special is scheduled, you know, down to the second, so there's really no time for you to play the accordion. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, uh, accordion Joe, uh, this is Gerald, and I just wanted to say... Hey, hey, I hey, 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 hey. Is that, is that doofus there working with you, Spud? How in the hell did he ever get that gig? Uh, we'll talk to my producer about that one. Anyway, I, I gotta go, though, Joe, So, uh, but I will call you later, all right? I will call you, I promise. Oh, B.S. You, you always say you will call me, Spud, but you never do. Hey, listen, before you hang up on me, I think the audience would love to hear a little bit of accordion music, no, don't you I think? Don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I really don't. Hey, listen... I was playing something the other day for my paper boy. It was back to his yesterday. And he loved it, Spud. You know, he's a good kid. Yeah, well, well I don't I'll have tell to... you what. That's nice. Here it good. is. And I'll tell you what, Spud. I'm dedicating this song to you because you are a rebel rouser. <laughs> Next time, I promise I'll be quicker with the call drop button. Yeah, that would be appreciated. I've tried it. I've tried it, too. Did you like it? Boy, did we! This is the Spud Goodman Show. Did I ever tell you about that? All right, it's time for some music. Uh, and I'll, I'll be speaking with uh, these guys a little later. Please say hello to Bronco Bronco.
what they can't say You want to play where they can't play I know You wish, you wish, you wish We're so wasted You want to words to Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. All right. Okay, it's, it's time for our next batch of guest interviews uh, from the past year or so. Now, now, I have to state for the record, I was a little intimidated speaking with Olivia Newton-John. I didn't get lightheaded or anything, you know, but as I shared on the air, she has been the object of illicit fantasy since I saw her in those leather pants, you know, way back in that Grease movie. There are all kinds of perversions. You've always been attracted to women in leather pants, Spud. I know. What can I've you say? never understood it myself, but whatever turns your crank, I guess. Yeah, you know, you did seem a bit out of sorts in that well, interview. Well, well, thank God it was like only over the phone, because if I was actually sitting next to her, I might have lost control of my bowels. Goodness, Ew. that would have been unfortunate. Uh, I think you have Tell issues with really attractive women, Spud. I'm not the only talk show host that struggles with this situation. I mean, I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to the all-time greats in the business. As, as I'm aware, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm not more insignificant than like Lynn on an old sweater. But <laughs> Letterman, no, it's not funny. It's tragic. It funny. But, but, but Letterman would get really uncomfortable when, say, Jennifer Garner, Salma Hayek, or, or Nicole Kidman was sitting next to him on the show. He looked like he had that tingly feeling, you know, in the pit of his stomach with that goofy look on his face. Mm, that's and true. Colbert sometimes gets it, too, when, when some really hot guests, you know, are on the show. So it's a common affliction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm moving on anyway. I think, uh, let's just do the segment. I think Tracy Morgan leads uh, this one off. So roll it. Comedian and actor Tracy Morgan. What's, is life a little, a little, a little cushier in film than TV? Because I know the pace is a lot more hectic uh, on a TV set with, you know, with your years on 30 Rock. I, I couldn't even tell you that because I work hard whatever I do. I only know one speed, top speed, and I work hard. Okay, all right. I super. work hard. So when you were, you referred earlier to... I don't take this is my accident. I don't take any of it for granted anymore, ever. I've never did, and I never will. Okay. All right. Super. Well stated. Um, earlier, you referred to uh, Richard Pryor. I was just curious. Um, obviously, I guess, he <laughs> had a big impact on many, many comics, but for you, what did he mean to you? 
the truth. He was the Messiah. He never lied to me. And that's why I love him. Because he never lied to us. He was really totally honest with his audience. And that's where I get it from. Besides my dad. Being honest. Okay. All right. Super. So, Spud. Hey, uh, Tracy, just one second. What? Well, you both love Richard Pryor. So yes. you do have something in common with Tracy. Yeah, I know, okay, but... Okay, and there's basketball, too. You know, most guests you don't seem to relate real well with. I, I mean, it's just my opinion. Hey, I relate really well with all my guests. Well... Okay, well, maybe with the exception of Senator Mitch McConnell. I, you know, I tried to bond with him, but I for some reason... that interview. It never aired, did it? No. I mean, they edited it out of the final version of the yeah, show. Yeah, and you know, I only got like two questions in, and it was over. Uh, and I had some really great meet-the-press-like stuff for him, too. I think, you know, if his people would have just given me a couple more minutes, he, he would have warmed up to me. Singer and actress Olivia Newton-John. Um, hey, but yeah. before we get too far into this, I have to stay publicly. You know, this is this is for the record. I think I may have mentioned this on the air, but your scenes in Greece with the black spandex pants, we now still to this day, it gets me through difficult times. You got to know the lasting impact you had with this movie. I mean, the rest of the cast was, was good, but you pretty <laughs> much created a permanent fantasy for billions of humans. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Yeah, well, you know, that was the moment on celluloid, right? And it yeah. was um, it was a, a, a very, very hot day. I had to be sewn into those pants because they were really old and the zip had broken. They were from the 50s. So, oh. yeah. so I think I was up there almost as old as me. Oh. And um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun. We had a lot of fun making the movie and... You know, if it's not fun, you should do it, right? Right. Well, you know what? Times in your career, you know, you were maybe ta uh, typecast as kind of really, really wholesome, but the release of Let's Get Physical, the album in 1981, gave you a bit of a spicier image. I mean, Billboard magazine rated it the all-time most popular song about sex. You know, that'd be something I'd be personally would be really darn proud of to look back on when I'm in my 90s or something, you know? Better, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know, it was so funny because at the time, I was so freaked out about it. I thought I'd gone too far and I called my manager and I said, we've got a publisher, my God, I think I've just gone too far with it. And he said, too late, it's out and it's a hit. And um, <laughs> uh, I said, well, now we have to like make it a bit less spicy. Let's do it about exercise, right? And that, that made it even more spicy. So I just laugh. I have such a good memory of that whole thing. It seems so big deal to me now. And then compared to what's on the radio now, right. it's like nothing. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a heck of a lot better than having a popular song about something boring like a car or a bad day. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be really proud of it. But, all right, well, let me hit you with Actor this. and musician, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. But anyway, well, Billy Bob, uh, for, for, <laughs> you know, from what I've read, music is your first love over film work. Is that an accurate statement? Um, well, I, yeah, I, I became an actor later in life. Uh, I was uh, just a, in a band. And... Uh, so I'm a musician who became an actor, and right. uh, uh, you know, and that's the movie world's been uh, been good to me. So uh, I sure can't knock it. It's uh, it's been pretty terrific. So I I love both of them equally. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it just seems to me actors who are also performing touring musicians, there are sometimes perceptions, mostly by the critics, to overcome. I kicked this around with Jeff Daniels and Kevin Bacon on this show. It seems like the bar set a bit higher, like more of a prove it kind of deal. That must get annoying at times. I, I just that would that's my take. But uh, we don't. 
people don't really talk about it much with me anymore. Uh, they used to years ago, but over the years, we've made so many records and toured so much. And, right. You know, we also don't, we don't make uh, what you call popular music, you know. Uh, if we were trying to, you know, get a hit or whatever it is and make money from it or just be popular for music, we, we would make a different kind of music. We make uh, music that's maybe not as... Uh, uh, widespread as it once was. Uh, we're a rock and roll band, and uh, so yeah, we don't we don't get that so much anymore. Every now and then somebody brings it up, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I kind of just did. Fine. Sorry, sorry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, well. Hey, hey. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Say, Spud. What? Well, I believe your Uncle Steve and Jerry are holding on the call-in line. He, well, or they, want to speak with you. Damn, you know, I forgot to invite him or or them to be on this special. They've they've always been on my, you know, anniversary shows both on TV and radio. Right. I'm guessing they're both... They're pretty pissed, right? I think so, because the intern said uh, his little friend Jerry, the ventriloquist dummy of his, uh, was... call him a dummy. Well, sorry. He, but anyway, he was cussing up a storm uh, until they put him on hold. Spud, why does your uncle continue to pretend Jerry's a real person? Oh, I've wondered that for many, many years. We all have. But just, just put him on. I'll, I'll get rid of him, okay. all right? Hey, hey, Uncle Steve, are you there? Yeah, uh, both Jerry and I are sitting here in our mobile home right now wondering why you chose not to invite us to be on this anniversary special. Jerry here feels you are threatened by his star power. But what's that? Yeah, okay, Jerry, you tell him yourself. Spud, I know people like you who are born with no charisma at all would hate me, but it was very weak for you to try and block me and your uncle from being on the show. Very uncool. Uh, Jerry, or, or Uncle Steve, uh, Spud would never block somebody, if I'm interpreting accurately what that word means. I'll handle this, man. Sorry. Uh, so, Uncle Steve, I'm sorry my producer did not extend an invitation to you both. Uh, please accept my apology, but no, I, I have to go because we're running way behind here. Yeah, yeah, Jerry and I have heard that one before. Too busy for family, huh? No, no, it's not like that. I mean, tell you Okay, tell you what, I promise I will send Jerry a bunch of CDs that, you know, the bands on the show have left for us over the last year or so. There's a ton of them. But the bands on your show suck, dude. Uh, now, Jerry, that was uncalled for. Uh, hey, Mr. Temporary Co-host, uh, step up and do your job here. Wait, that, that's Temporary Permanent Co-host. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what, we do have to go now. I am sorry. Oh, I'm a fool, no siree. I want to live to be 93. We play safe, you and me, cause we're the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, 
They're yes. going to play the next set of guest interviews. Uh, do you want me to announce who uh, uh, we're going to be playing? Isn't that the job of the host? Uh, he's right, Gerald. I don't want to get involved in your power struggle here. But Spud usually does the introductions for guests. Well, that is, you know, unless he is temporarily immobilized by taking too big a gulp of his, his Pepto-Bismol, which he always You can't does. prevent everything. Thank you, Aunt Dorothy, for having my back on this one. Anytime, yeah, dear. Okay, fine. Go ahead and do it yourself. I'm going to. Always do Don't it. you worry. I'm you know, I can worried. do this job blindfolded with all of my limbs duct taped to my body. Why? Because I'm that good. I'm Teddy Powers! So, this next segment has the amazing Sarah Silverman, the legendary comedian Robert Klein, and the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. You know, he wrote that book, uh, Understanding Trump, and yeah, yeah. you know, maybe in a century or two, human beings or possibly artificial intelligence will actually figure out how the hell he ever got elected president of the United States of America. Russia, if you're listening. You know, and I'm pretty sure the History Channel will be making a buttload of shows about him. You know, in the futures, they've run into the ground, those ones with, you know, the same old couple of not-so-nice guys that they now air 24-7. I'm so sick of seeing their faces. Donald Trump will be a star on that channel That's for eternity. Hit play, man. Comedian and actress Sarah Silverman. Well, you know, I know it's trite to begin at the beginning, but I have to ask you, your first time on stage, um, you were, what, 17? How scared were you? I mean, I know you're this fearless person. Everybody thinks you're fearless, but were you totally freaked then, or were you calm as can be? Uh, I was nervous. I was excited. It was in Boston. I was at summer school. I was in high school uh, doing summer school at Boston University, mm -hmm. and uh, I did open mic at Stitches there. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I was terrible, but I had a lot of um, friends there supporting me. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I Listen, when you grow up... Uh, the only Jew in New Hampshire that's a, and also like a, a chronic bedwetter forced to go to sleepover camp every summer. It's really not that daunting to do some stupid stand up a little, you know. Well, all right. Okay. Um, well, later. Is this the worst interview you've ever done, or are we no. doing well? No, I'm loving this. I am loving this. All right. Well,. <laughs> but so later, you were on the staff of SNL for a season. I know, I know you've heard this before. But anyway, most of your fans are aware it wasn't the best situation for you, as you didn't get much of a chance, you know, there. But do you, how different do you think your career would have turned out if it would have, you know, taken off and you would have been part of the cast for years? I mean, it, it seems like it was the best thing that could have ever happened to you to push you to do other stuff. I know I'm speaking for you, but what do you think? No, it was. I mean, it was a great experience. You know, it was only there a year. I don't think it was like, they didn't get me, you know. Um, I think I was not uh, great yet. I mean, I'm not saying I'm great, but I was not like fully You're pretty me. Good. I wasn't fully formed. I was, you know, I was funny. I was, but, you know, um, I was 22 and, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know that I was a good fit there. I had a really great time. Um but, uh, I don't know. I Comedian and actor Robert Klein. L let me ask you about that, though. Here's my question on that, uh, on Mind Over Matter. Could you possibly just bring that material back and just update it with instead, of, instead of, like, Gordon Liddy, you slip in Michael Flynn and say Paul Manafort for John Mitchell, and bam, you could have another hit album. Easy. 
Well, it was hilarious for a while, all of that stuff, and then election night happened, and after I removed my head from the oven, I realized life goes on and I have to deal with it. Um, you know what? We'll see. Right now, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Uh, this this um, uh, uh, Brinkley, stuff, yes. the historian, David Brinkley's uh, son, um, he said, you know, there's treason in the air. I mean, this, this could be real serious. And, um, you know, incompetence at the head of the government is not that funny. But I'm glad that Saturday Night Live, the jokes are not great, but the imitations are fantastic. I mean, you know, McCarthy doing <laughs> Sean Spicer and the others. And, and um, you know, Samantha Bee and Colbert. Just think, if, if you did what they're doing in Egypt or Turkey or Russia or China, you'd either be dead or in jail. So that's how important comedy is and satire. And this country has a tremendous history of it. Even in the earliest days of the Republic, there were political cartoons and there was hurling insults at the leadership. Even George Washington was uh, not left untouched. So uh, it, 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 there's a good, healthy tradition in this country. Uh, we don't have laws like insulting the president, like in Turkey and that kind of stuff. You know? Well, if Comedian Mark Maron. Well, you've charted a course only a few human beings have been able to successfully navigate with your uh, WTF podcast. I, I told Adam Carolla when he was on, he was like the 21st century William Randolph Hearst with his empire, with a caveat that maybe he had a few more friends than Hearst. But I guess with your success, it'd make you like a web-based version of Elvis. How many listeners do you have each week on your podcast? I don't know. I think it's up around you know three hundred, four hundred thousand per episode. My God. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I I think that um, it's, <laughs> you know we we're all just sort of you know kind of you know finding our way in a new medium, and, and it's very exciting that that uh, you know we can do this on our own terms. It's it, it's one of the yeah. I never thought that that I would you know have my own business or 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 that things would really work out necessarily, but um. Uh, but you know they have, and, and the podcast is uh, is a is a real uh, it's a, it's amazing. It's a very short walk to work. You know, I just go out into my garage. So you, you know what could be bad about that? former Speaker of the House the Newt Gingrich. All right, all right. Well, you know I know slogans are important in politics, but can you explain what this "Make America Great Again" really means? Because I think America's always been great, even with our problems and obvious issues. What decade or century is well, he referring I think, to? Well, I think a lot of people felt that we have been decaying, that our schools aren't as good as they should be that we have way too many people who are unemployed, uh, that you have a whole series of problems that have made us less than the country, the momentum we once had as a country. And I think it resonated. I, I thought that was part of Trump's genius. He, he didn't produce hats that said Trump. He produced hats that said, make America great again. So he was, in effect, allying himself with the patriotic sentiment, which is at the heart of the American experience. So he's not really like referring like the 1860s or something like that. He's, he's, uh, it's, it's more of a... It's, if anything, he's probably referring to the mood we had coming out of World War II. All right, all right, all right. Well, on that note, I'm going to let you go... Hey, it's Tom Arnold. I'm on the freaking Spud Goodman show. Like, that's a, is that a real thing? That's a thing? There's, that's a name, right? Uh, okay, my career's over. I'm on the Spud Goodman show. And I was in the movie True Lies many years ago. And now I'm on the freaking Spud Goodman show. So that's, talk about a drop-off. Oh, boy.
For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is a Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show, uh, gentlemen. This is Blanco Bronco I'm speaking with at this moment. Um, hey, uh, give our listeners, uh, I guess you should say your name, maybe your shoe size and your, the instrument, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. Spud, uh, Banjo, my shoe size is 11 and a half. Ooh, I play that's guitar. Impressive. That's impressive. But you did hear what Dr. Ruth said about I did. I did. All right. uh, <laughs> I'm Barry Tyler Moore, uh, size 12. Um, God, sorry, Dr. Ruth. Dang. Bass guitar. Feeling a little inadequate here. All right. And? Spud, the, I'm Heath Jurgens, and my shoe size is the same as yours, six. Thank you. All yes. right. Super. Um, so uh, where is Blanco Bronco on the evolutionary process? Uh, working on a new record at this time? What, what do we got going? Uh, yeah, we are uh, actually, uh, uh, the songs tonight, we're actually uh, going to be on the next record, we're hoping, soon. Oh, uh, super. Hopefully we go into the record. Super. Hey, well, if all of a sudden Blanco Bronco, a, a humble, hardworking indie band, was given the privilege of being able to issue one executive order for the country, you know, like maybe you won a lottery or something to, to do it, uh, what would be your executive order? Impeachment? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pretty much impeached the whole entire administration. Ooh, that's kind of harsh. Yeah. Okay. We're harsh like um, that. It's time for Paul. Okay. All right. Well, you know, for me, I guess um, I'll go on a little lower keynote. If I ever got the opportunity, I would push for free HBO for all citizens, even those like wannabe citizens in sanctuary cities. They got to dig Game of Thrones, too. What do you think? It's I think a, it's I might right. be the only person that hasn't seen Game of Thrones, but I'm on board. Uh, yeah, me too. Free health care and... Or, yeah, or healthcare is a right or whatever, and free HBO. They both should be <laughs> inherent. You know, they should be our basic right. Isn't that's not in writing? It should well, be. Well, you anyway. know my feeling. On All that. right. Well, hey, what are the mid-range goals of the band? A world tour, some super secret club shows, and an appearance on a way, way bigger show than this. What are we talking about? This is the, pretty much the pinnacle of our entire existence, being on the Spud Goodman show, uh, is what okay. we live for. It's yeah. the, the peaks and valleys have surrounded our appearances on this show. Everything yeah. else is just... This is number yeah, three, right? Noise. Third time. Yeah. All right. Third time in the fourth year. There's well, some numerology there. I, I'm yeah. certain of it. Okay. Well, what's the name of the next song, and what's it really about? Uh, Need It. It's about the opioid crisis. Uh, Donald Trump has said it's an emergency. Have you checked in with Jared Kushner on that <laughs> issue? Uh, yeah, him and I are going back and forth uh, daily talking Super. about handling these issues. Good to know. All right, well, let's let's hear it. Thank you very much. We walk around with so many faces. You got a soul, but why do you waste it? Don't need it. You just need it.
voices. You gotta stop, but where your voices don't need it. Just need it. You don't need it. Our public sector food critic, Lawrence, is on the line. Uh, he says he's supposed to do a review. Well... Y you know, I, I don't believe he's on the schedule tonight, is he? Well, how would you know? No one's allowed to show you a schedule. Well, I did glance at an intern schedule, okay? You know, it's very demeaning to still be denied access to vital show information. Well, like I have said so many times, once you are thoroughly vetted, uh. things might change. Until then, I can't risk my intellectual properties to someone like you. And, and yeah, Lawrence isn't on the schedule. We really don't have time for a public sector food review, okay? Uh, all right, all right. Well, I'll have one of the interns tell him. No worries. No, no. Yeah, but he might, he's probably going to think we're blowing him off then. Well, Let me at least say hi to him on the air. I mean, he, he has a lot of fans. You know, as that lockup show on MSNBC is still killing it in the ratings. Oh. I mean, how many radio shows have a former cast member from that show? I mean, yeah, I know even though he was just an art forger and with no tattoos and, you know, he, he didn't get a lot of FaceTime on the show. He's still more popular than probably, yeah, you know... You and I, let's well, face it. Yeah, yeah. So, Laura, let me see if he's there. Lawrence, are you there? It's Spud. Yeah, 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 I'm here. Yeah, yeah, Spud, you know what? I've been listening while I was on hold here. 
Look, I, I sure hope I didn't travel all the way to Leavenworth, Kansas to do my review for nothing. It's my second visit there. Well, and let me tell you, the food, it slipped down a bit since my first review, and it was well below what I was accustomed to at Pelican Bay over in Cali there. I mean, I, we were right. fortunate because we, we had like, this really darn good pastry chef. And the dude they have here at this one, this federal prison here, is just mediocre at best. Especially with the creme brulee they, they had there. Mm. Well, uh, hey, I'm really, really sorry about this. Someone obviously screwed up. But oh, was the Greyhound trip brutal? I mean, I hope it was. I mean, we really got to upgrade your travel arrangements. Jeez, it's no, embarrassing. No, it was fine. The, the Greyhound trip, it wasn't too bad, but... So, so I can't do my review right now? Yeah, uh, Lawrence, uh, we are really sorry about this. Now look, I, I don't the... know how sorry he actually is, to be honest with you, but I am really, really sorry. So, but let me ask you this. Let me at least get this in before we got to go. Uh, do yeah. they allow conjugal visits there? Because if I ever go to prison, I sure, play, you know, sure hope they have that option available. Yeah, I don't know about that because I didn't ask him. But, you know, my guess is they probably, probably not because, you know, uh, but it seems like there's this they got a pretty low frills operation going there, if you ask me. Man, it happens every time when the budget cuts come. The first thing that goes are the conjugal visits, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Are, are, are you familiar with prison fiscal issues? Well, that's what the guys on Lockup say. I mean, I love that show. You know, when they talk about budget cuts and... So, so look, here. Yeah. Hey, I'm down here. I guess I don't have time to get into what, you know, like the powdered milk situation or the lack of the fresh condiments here. We, I can't, I don't have time to do that. No, I'm, I'm really, I will, we will reschedule this, all right? But we gotta go right now. Uh, but hey, can you give me the full scoop though on the conjugal visits thing and every, a whole thing when we go bowling tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right, all right, bye guys. Well, uh, goodbye, Lawrence. He's already hung up, man. Oh. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, what else is there, man? Say, Spud, would you mind if I take a break here from laughing on demand? Uh, I'm, well, I'm just not feeling it. To be honest with you, I think I'm experiencing a bit of a career crisis right now. Okay, I guess, but yeah, I guess... Uh, yeah. we can, can we discuss this well, off the air, you know, when we're done here? Uh, yeah, you know, well, Mrs. Jarvitz, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been dealing with those same feelings myself. Stop being weak! You need to know you're not alone. Well, well, what is well this? thank you. What is this, an on-air Facebook post on how you guys are having a bad day? That's not, so hot. Just not fond of those. You, you guys know this. Just, this is best handled in private, all right? Because well. you're giving the listeners the impression that I'm some kind of monster, uh -huh. you know, that I prevent my coworkers from feeling like they're performing meaningful job duties that uh -huh. benefit mankind. Right. Not everyone can cure polio or take that first step mm. on the moon, you know? For every successful, you know, operation behind the scenes, there are many hardworking support staff helping the figurehead or, or leader, you know, receive the adulation he so richly deserves. To put it simply, everyone can't be a freaking star, okay? What kind of world would that be? Courtney, Chloe. Okay, okay. Can we talk about this off the air later? I can suck it up and keep laughing until we sign off the air. Yeah, uh -huh. okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and okay. I can continue right. to be a good soldier and, you know, carry on All right, here. good to hear. Now, let's play our last segment of guest highlights. I think this one has Craig Ferguson, Alan Alda, and... Oh, yeah, a man that I will always, always cherish having the opportunity to speak with. I worship this man. May he rest in peace. The one and only Don Rickles. Hit it. 
comedian and musician Craig Ferguson. All right. Um, well, Craig, you were a musician, and I'm yes, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, when you first started out in the entertainment world, a drummer in a few bands, one was called the Bastards from Hell. That not a folk or skiffle band um, with that, huh? <laughs> no, it was uh, it was during a very uh, transitional time for music in the UK and the US, and I was in punk rock bands, one of which was called uh, the Bastards from Hell. Um, they, I, it was, it, you know, I was very young when I was doing that. I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And I, you know, it was a very, uh, I don't even know if I even thought of it as, as uh, art or a career or anything like that. It was just some uh, crazy stuff I was doing. And, uh, you know, there's some old pictures and old recordings lying around years later for which um, I'm grateful to see because I can't remember much of it. Well, I, I think I should state the obvious with this. You are the only, you were the only late uh, night talk show host I ever could have sat in with any band, you know, if their drummer was puking in the dressing room. I mean, you are versatile. I, I think you deserve some credit. I mean, you could have done it at any time. I could, I could have done it at any time. I, it's true. The only band that I played with on the show, though, were uh, Wicked Tinkers, oh. which are a Scottish, um, kind of very cool Scottish, Scottish kind of themed band. And uh, and with the Rock Bottom Remainders, which is a bunch of sad old authors uh, trying to relive their glory days at college. That's, that's basically it. All right. Well, at least you did, though. I mean, nobody else could do that. I, I, I oh, had yeah. to throw that out. I had to throw it out. Anyway. Actor and author Alan Alda. Well, well, Alan, you know, you've had other best-selling books like Never Have Your Dog Stuffed and other things I've learned. I myself have had many dogs over the years, and I miss them so much. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm second-guessing myself and maybe not having at least a few of them stuffed. So it would be a bad idea? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it was a bad idea for me because the dog came back from the taxidermist with a horrible look on his face. He looked like he was going to leap at your throat. Oh. And he had these glass glass eyes, you know, staring at you with this ferocious look. The, the, the thing that it meant to me, what, what I think I learned from that experience, even though I was only eight years old, was that you can't really hang on to something alive by stuffing it. It, it, it kind of, it, for me, it wiped out, and to a great extent, it wiped out the memory of the living dog. And all I can see is this stuffed charade, a kind of a fraudulent look at what used to be. So I find it's, for me, for my own taste, I find it's better to let something I love that's gone away, let it go and move on to something else and maybe have a memory of the living thing instead of a memory of this hollow falsity, this faux thing. I, I yeah I, I guess if you could take that and, and, and place that logic onto people too, so that's obviously would be a horrible idea. So all right, well yeah, stuffing your grandmother is not a good idea. All right, okay. Well, Comedian Don Rickles. So well, Don, the, the number one thing about your act is number one, one could never steal from you because I mean, who could pull off what you do? I mean, some I've tried maybe, but your style's kind of copyrighted. Uh, well, you 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 said it right on the head, but some people have tried it, but. It never comes out uh, the way it is for me. It's in my personality to do that. And so uh, it's not something you rehearse or practice. It's something I always had. Uh, even as a young man, I was always uh, able to uh, be, a, you know, so-called uh, a wisecracker, but always in fun. And I always enjoyed it. Right. Well, 
uh, I, me, Spud Goodman, I mean, I, I dream of the day when someone would steal from me, but yeah, nobody, nobody's, that's not happened yet. So let, let me bring this up. Uh, I, I'd love to bring in uh, the topic of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, if I may. How, sure. how big a set of testicles do you have as when he was in the audience at your show, a, a show of yours in Miami Beach in the 50s, you yelled out to him, make yourself at home, Frank, hit someone. Now that is fearless comedy. You, I mean, my gosh. Yeah, well, I, I, I did that, but when I also, uh, a big thing that people used to talk about, I was with this girl in my single days, I'm married 50 years, but way before my, my marriage to a wonderful lady, I, uh, I was with this uh, girl that was, uh, you know, uh, I hoped to score with Yeah. In, in the Sands Hotel, and we were having dinner, and Frank was at another table, and uh, she said, do you know Frank Sinatra? And of course, to get lucky, I said, of course I do, which I really did. And I said, just wait a minute. And I went over to Frank's table. I said, Frank, you got a minute? He said, sure. He called me Bullethead, by the way. He said, yeah, what is a Bullethead? I said, listen, if you could come over to the table and say hello in front of this girl, it would mean the works for me. You know what I'm saying? He said, Don, it's done. I said, not right away. Wait a few minutes. And so I went back to my table and she took a drink and in four by Frank, and he said, hey, Don, how are you? I said, not now, Frank. Can't you see I'm eating? Dang. I, I, I'm expecting you got a little payoff later that night. I mean, oh. No, no, he laughed his ass off. All right, all right, all right. That's nobody, nobody ever did that to him, and the way I say it and do it, it's always funny. All right. Um, also, also, this is another question about your act. It's a quick... Yeah, okay, that about wraps things up for this anniversary special. Hopefully a few of our listeners are still with us at this point. Well, you know what? I know for sure my wife, Rachel, is still listening. Uh, she just texted me and said, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> nice. So would it be okay if I leave right now as I'm late for an appointment? We're oh. going to be off the air in just a minute or two. What, what appointment is so important you can't wait to finish up the show? If you must know, I have a taekwondo class. I didn't know you were into taekwondo. Well, there are a number of things you don't know about me. Viewers and players, let's play Double Jeopardy. Being my nephew doesn't mean we have to exchange every intimate detail in our daily lives. Yeah, I hear you. You know, In my case, for everyone's sake, uh, there are some things best left unsaid. The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. So, can I take off now? Sure, just, just shut the studio door. Yeah, goodbye, Mrs. Jarvitz. Bye-bye. Ah, hey, you know, Spud, could I leave a bit early, too? I hate to ask, but our youngest is working on his science fair project. Uh, he's building a replica of Noah's Ark, and he's in dire need of my assistance. It's going to be a thing of beauty. Yeah, I guess so, but just shut the, the door. Yeah, I know. I sure will. Hey, uh, I'll see you tomorrow at our staff meeting. Thanks again. Yeah, I sure hope no one on the soundboard has to go register to vote or, or needs to drop off, you know, something at the dump. Jeez, this, this is just kind of weird being here by myself. I don't do well being alone. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I'm not, like, panicking or anything. Pissing our pants yet? I mean, okay, I, but really, I'm not panicking. So, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao, and... Now let's close this thing with some music. Hey, is the band, have they left? They haven't left early too, have they?
No, no. no? Okay, cool. Hey, hey, can one of you interns turn on a few more lights in the studio though? It's it's kind of dark in here. Uh, yeah, that that yeah, okay. That helps. All right, super. All right, once again, here is Blanco Bronco. Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Frank Nolasco. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. What do you got to what I say it now? What do you stop up to? The Spud Goodman Show notes with sadness the passing of Gail Kennedy. For 25 years, Gail played the part of Spud's cousin Samuel, the cross-dressing, frustrated TV weatherman. Gail was a consummate professional and a genuinely kind and sweet person, and we will miss him greatly.